0: You're listening to Pimelo Moutini on SAFM. Thank you so much for staying with us. Now, uh, let's move on to other things and discuss how we can take this nation forward. Um, There are a lot of problems, but there are ways and there are people who are, you know, hard at work trying to make this nation work. And one of those people I decided to invite to the show to discuss an issue I think that we need to start tackling now. I think we may be a little bit too late, but we can start anyway. Professor Elizabeth Henning uh, was giving a lecture not so long ago on the importance of bilingual learning across primary schools and how we should be encouraging it now professor is from uj campus and um, she's joining me now on the line Um, professor thank you very very much for for joining us uh thanks for for the time you've made for us Oh, it's a pleasure. Prof, you know, I thought this was a very compelling lecture that you gave of of bilingual learning across primary school. And I want to understand what you mean by bilingual learning. So is it the kind of thing where none of the languages, either the home language that, that one is brought up with, and English being the predominantly teaching language now, specifically going into high school, are sort of go in tandem, so not one of them is left behind. Is that what you mean by that?
1: Well, uh, inevitably, when you focus on one language, other languages uh, go into the background. But what we mean here uh, in our research on the Soweto campus of UJ is that if you start off school in the language that you know best, so home language, and you slowly, slowly get to hear more of the language of instruction for high school and for the senior grades of the primary school. It helps if you can have a teacher who is like most of our teachers, bilingual or multilingual. So say, for instance, you go to um, a school uh, in a rural area of Northwest Province, and you know only... Setswana, mm-hmm. which you, um, you've learned very well mm. as a child. You've heard it from everybody. You've used it and you've played in it. Mm. Then you go to school and you learn to read mm. in Setswana and slowly you hear another language creeping, as it were, into the curriculum. Mm. Uh, teachers start using some English terms, especially when they teach mathematics, as we all know, mm-hmm. and slowly they hear some English but in our country the curriculum the national school curriculum makes provision for learning to speak and to read english quite early on maybe too early but that's not the the issue that we research mm. we are interested in another thing which we refer to as bilingual education and here on well, basically, on our campus, as you may know, there is a primary school, mm-hmm. which is a public GDE, Gauteng Department of Education primary school, yes. but it is also attached to the university for teacher education and specifically also for very, I can say, experimental research. So the school was founded um, 10 years ago, and one of the principles of starting the school was that there would be education. In two languages, mm-hmm. your own language and the school has two home languages, Sisutu and Sesotho. Mm-hmm. But w- if teachers start introducing English, for instance, in teaching maths, they will do both. So they will not necessarily code switch. You know this, which we yes. all do. I do not so well. Yes, <laughs> um, it's something else. It's translation. So the teachers say, for instance, and we recommend that. From grade three onwards, when kids are quite stable at school, they're used to school, um, they're used to hearing different views, then teachers start off by teaching, for instance, a mathematical concept Mm -hmm. or a science concept Mm -hmm. in the home language.
0: So, in other so, words, wh- while the the teacher is starting what is now formal um, education, let's yeah. say it is, it, is, it, is, it is mathematics for argument's sake, right? The yeah. concepts that the children have learned on the playground, which they may have learned in their own home language, when you're trying to teach that concept, start with maybe saying as in two plus two is four. So do it in that way. Do it in the home language and alongside that, translate it immediately. Is that what you're saying?
1: That's not exactly like that because then the brain, uh, the part of our brain, which is the working memory, which is what happens in the moment, that might get a bit too loaded. So the model that we we suggest and that we're going to experiment with more Mm. is, you know, most of our primary school teachers No English, no matter what their home language is. Mm -hmm. So instead of starting off the lesson in grade three in English or in grade four, in English five, six, seven, we would say all the grades in the primary school, start off the lesson in completely the home language, very briefly, 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. the core concepts, Mm -hmm. because psycholinguistically the brain then makes a lovely connection Mm -hmm. because these things are known. So you build on a foundation that you know. Mm -hmm. And then say to the kids, I mean, we've seen this in action, Pimelo, it's really beautiful to mm-hmm. see. Then the teacher says, okay, now we're switching. I'm going to do all of this, and you young people, you kids, when you are going to do it with me. Now we're going to do all of this in English in one lesson in 45 minutes to an hour. So they start off in their home language and then everything is repeated by the teacher and the kids, this time in English. So they don't code switch and mix too much, although we always will mix a bit. Okay. But then they have the safety, the security of starting off each lesson. And slowly they will keep, and that's the thing, you see. So this really is the thing. Every human being would like to maintain their first language, their mm. mother tongue, their mm. home language. Mm. And if and the point is, throughout your education, even when you're in high school or university, if you have the resource to go back to mm. that language mm. where you got to know the world when you were a little infant and a toddler then it, it reinforces your understanding of the world. But, but
0: Prof, uh, what, what, yeah. what happens now, though, is that so, I mean, that that's a fantastic concept. So you would do it in the home language, then have a bit of a break, introduce the English and so on. But what is happening currently is that at some point in our current system, your yeah. home language is... The offering of your home language stops isn 't that where the problem is? so then people continue with the English and then they leave behind the home language, which for me is bizarre because the more difficult the concepts become, and if you were able to switch to, to make sense of them in other words, in your own language like like how people dream in their own languages you know you <laughs> you may you may be you may be fluent in English, but some you know you just may never dream in English that kind of thing because it is embedded in you. What, what about Pamela, that concept?
1: You, Miller, you're, you're talking a bit like a neuroscientist oh. now. That's exactly it. <laughs> because, you know, if you want to take me as an example, yes. I, I use a few languages, yes. but my first language was Afrikaans, of all things. Yes, And to this day, if I have to do mental calculations mathematically another... or think of certain things, I promise you, <laughs> I cannot say nine times seven is 63 Fuss. Yes It's It's not automatic That is is the resource And that is a fantastic resource Also if you write difficult scientific papers Like in your first or second year at university Or have to write a report for your job If you write it in this beautiful English Which Mm. is this uh, situation all over the world That it is the language of shipping and airways And whatever But it is not the language Mm. In which you first made contact Concepts. Mm. So neurologically, with those billions of neurons in our brains, deep ingrained in our brains, are those first bits of words and sentences and um, all parts of the language. So now if you do it in English, you already have this resource. Mm. And if you can maintain it, if the teachers who teach you, and sadly, many teachers who teach in high school are not as bilingual and multilingual as one would have them. Mm. But if we could, you know what I do at university, Mm. I don't teach that much anymore, but I still do it. Mm. You know what I do? I say, okay, here's this concept of, um, let's take a funny word, uh, like um, quantifying. Mm. And then I, if I work with a, an individual student, I work with masters and doctoral mm. students mostly, I would say, uh, Lufono, how, how would you say this in Chivenda? Mm. Use a sentence. Immediately. Mm. And we have full material that can, that can be shown. I think SBC must show it on TV. Mm. But, uh, you know, th- she can immediately say it in Chivenda with a little sentence Hmm. and then come back. Okay, now, Lufono, translate that back to me in English. I don't know what the Chivenda means. There you
0: go. (laughs) She immediately... you love it? I've, I've it loved works. talking to you. And I, listen, we need more time. I'm going to ask that you we come back. You time. I'm going to ask that you come back. Really appreciate the time you've given us. Professor Elizabeth Henning, who is uh, Professor and Research Chair of Learning Languages, Science and Mathematics in the Primary School at UJ Soweto Campus. We're going to have to continue this conversation. We are running late, though. It's two o'clock.